This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And uh, we are well into our summer break. I can't believe we are already past the midway part of July. And we have been trying to keep our kids um, entertained and not hear the words, I'm bored. And we were probably sick of telling them to get off of their devices. Uh, but the reality is, is that that's what kids like to do. They like to be on their devices. They like to be online. Um, and there isn't anything wrong with that. We just got to be safe. And so that's why I brought on my good friend and he is our like social media expert, um, social media and online safety educator, our guru, our go-to guy when it comes to being safe online. And of course, I'm talking about Paul Davis. Paul, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm like, I was literally just like telling the kids like, okay, Screen time is coming to an end. You guys have like five more minutes and we're shutting her down. And it's funny because as I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, and I've got the show coming up with Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent segue. Right? Like I was like, but how many other parents out there are already like, listen, we're past the midway part of July. You know what I mean? So the kids have been off for a few weeks already. And I want to know, like, how many other parents are in the same boat that I am? And like, you know what I say, I want to know, but I know, I know that there's so many, I know that so many parents out there are, you know, you know, passing a device over to their kids so they can get some work done to keep their kids entertained. Um, you know, just so they can even just hear, like, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. So they can just shut their kid up. <laughs> right. <laughs> because the last thing like any parent wants to hear is I'm bored. Uh, this, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do So you're like, here, just take it, take the device, <laughs> leave me alone. Right. It has been the pacifier for um, the past decade or so. You're right. And parents by default go to that just to keep the kids occupied. One of the things I've told kids in the past two months in my presentations in schools, which is by the way, great to be back in schools yeah. is this summer. I'd like you to develop memories that are non-digital. So take it from me, a guy who's bled this for 31 years of his life. I have more technology than some technology stores. I bleed it, but I give myself tech breaks. In fact, in the summertime, technology doesn't dominate my life. My family dominates my life. And this summer, we will generate some memories that will be digital so we can reference back. But I like to go back to when I was growing up where we just develop memories. And the only way we could share those memories is by getting together and sharing a story. So not look at my phone, go to Insta, go to Snap. No, 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 none of that. Listen to my words. I want you to imagine it. And I want you to ask me questions about it. So I've been telling kids, I want you to develop memories this summer that are non-digital, that only you and those around you will be able to remember. And then if you should meet each other in five years from now, 10 years from now, you're still friends. You can sit around a campfire, have a hot chocolate and talk about once one, one time ago, what happened when we were kids playing in a backyard or we went to the mall, we didn't bring any phones with us and we just shopped and we had lunch and we just stuff like that. It's so important. And, you know, Pina, you said that a lot of parents do look at that device as the babysitting tool it's amazing how many parents have told me 
that they're taking breaks. They're going up to the cottage, they're getting away for a week, two weeks, and they're going to be totally tech free. Oh, In that's fact, amazing. When, when the outage happened, you know, the big outage on yeah. Friday, I asked parents on my Facebook page, give me a positive that occurred as a result. You should read all the comments, reading books, playing outside, uh, driving for the day without like everybody did was a word search. <laughs> everybody was loving it. So here's what it tells me. We've all fallen into the habit of dependency of technology. Technology is a wonderful resource, but we are in the habit of becoming dependent on it and dependent and have you might say, no, no, dependency is a habit. You can break the dependency, which means you can break the habit of being dependent on that device. So does it have to take a shutdown in technology for us to realize that there are so many other things we can do offline? Well, apparently it does because it's a discipline otherwise to do it. I do it. I know you can do it. And I ask everybody else when they're around me, why can't you? And number one answer, it's a habit. They fall into the trap of they just have to look at their phone. They have to do something. dependent on it and not only a habit paul but an addiction i don't use that word i know uh, it's a clinical term and so yes it can be used it is used and there is an emotional component which connects you to the device which means if there's separation the response is now classified as that addiction because of how one will respond and it does exist that can be broken it takes parenting It takes a little bit of effort. It takes a little bit of discipline. One of the messages that I deliver is that you should break up your text screen time every day into three categories. For a child, the first category is education. They should use it for knowledge. I think that's important. So during the school year, for school. A second third is to be a kid. Consumption. Let them play their favorite game, watch their favorite TV show, talk to their friends. They're allowed to their kids. Mm -hmm. But now they need to apply a third which is creation, coding, blogging, app development, robotics. Do something that's in your mind, or sorry, take something that's in your mind and make it happen on a screen. Develop something, create something. Now, when you break up those three components, because you don't want them all together at the same time, because that's going to be consecutive amount of screen time. So you break it up during the day. You incorporate walking the dog, um, making dinner, helping around with chores, playing with your friends. Those three segments, because they're divided up and because they're not pure consumption, they're education, consumption, and creation. Now, all of a sudden, even four, four and a half hours a day, which some will argue is a lot, I kind of agree with them, is not that bad because we've broken it up and they're not all consumption type activities. So that's how we can make it work. But you cannot, parents, you cannot expect a child to do that. You have to be part of that discipline. Oh, absolutely. Like I know, listen, it helps having you in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I can text you and call you anytime, but because of you, it is like limited screen time. I've got the passwords. I know what the kids are on. They are not allowed with, um, to bring any devices up to their bedroom. You know, rule number so, one, no tech in the bedroom. Yes. No, like I, I follow your stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, Paul said this and all the kids know who Paul Davis is. Do you, <laughs> you get the, do you get the eye roll at home when you bring up my name? Be honest. No, I don't. No? Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't. All right. Um, and I think it's because I started it at such a young age. Yeah. And it's really, really important to communicate. And I say this about every aspect in my life, but communication is key. 
right? Yeah. So I think that having those open lines of communication and speaking honestly with our kids, um, just about like, why are we doing this? Why are we limiting screen time? Why are electronics and devices not allowed in the bedroom? You know, why do I have the password? Why do I oversee everything? Right. You know, it's really important to have that dialogue with them. So then they understand. And it's not just like, no, you can't do that. And then that's all they hear. Right. I think the communication aspect from an early age is important. And I think it intensifies around grade seven, eight, and nine, where now we're moving away from restrictions like technology that restricts a lot of what they do to that healthy, transparent relationship, which is I want to understand more. You're going to be open with me. If something goes wrong, you're going to come to me. I will not judge you. I will not shame you. I will not embarrass you. I'll be there to help you because kids that are secretive fall into the traps of getting hurt and then seeking guidance and help from resources that probably won't guide them the way parents and professionals would. So we need to develop that from a very, very young age. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, it's not a lot of people like I will be one of the first people to say being a content creator. Okay, that is my livelihood. So I am online all the time. Right. And people will look at me and say, um, it's funny because you have the people that say to me, um, well, social media is horrible. And I'm like, well, there are definitely pros and cons to social media. And yeah. Paul, you just mentioned it too, with how you divide the day up with the kids being online, you know, education, consumption, and creation, right? Yeah. So there is a lot of good from it. Um, but yeah, there's a bad side too. So we need to educate ourselves. Absolutely. Also, one of the things that I always get from parents is, Oh, so um, your kids on TikTok, your kids on Snapchat, your kids on this, on that. And I'm like, no, actually, my kids aren't. They do have a um, Instagram account that I managed for them that we started years ago. And it's all music focused because they love music. Right. And we actually like let it die for a while and we just resurrected it. Right. Um, but that is something that I manage for them. But it's funny because they're so shocked when I'm like, no, I will not. My kids do not have TikTok. My kids do not have Snapchat. They do not have all of these accounts. Reason being, why, Paul? I'm guessing because of me. No, it's because you must be 13 years of age and older to open up Both. any account. Yeah. You and, and the, 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 the rule. The, the terms of service, right? And so one of the things we talk about is respect and the respect of rules in the home, in the classroom, when you're playing sports. And those same rules must be respected online because if we go down the path of breaking those rules, that is when kids get into the most trouble. So what we want them to do is respect the rules of technology without hindering their ability to utilize technology. So there is age appropriate content, a ton of it, coding, blogging, app development, robotics. There's so many amazing things that can occupy your child this summer without it having to be hit like smash that like that like key that follow subscribe key like please we got to stop all this we yeah. have to stop seeking external validation yeah and that's by like communicating with our kids exactly talking to our kids so they don't um fall into that trap and um get into a really nasty situation which i want to get into with you after this break, we're going to take a quick break, but parents, please stay by the radio because Paul is going to talk to us all about sextortion. And yes, it is real. And yes, it is happening with children. And it is up to us as parents to not only protect them, but to educate them and open up those lines of communication so that they know that they can come and talk to us. So we do not have these big 
problems down the road. Don't go anywhere. This is The Parenting Show right here on AM640. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. You are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on AM640 Toronto Radio. Special guest today is Paul Davis, social media and online educator. He is our go-to guy, our guru, anytime we want to talk about uh, internet safety and, and social media and our kids. And we're going to dive deep into a conversation right now. Paul and I were talking a little bit off the air earlier and he was saying, Pina, there is some nasty stuff, horrible stuff that's happening more than ever right now. And Paul, what is that? The term is defined as sextortion. Basically, it's sexual extortion. An individual takes a picture of their body. They send it to another individual. It could be someone they know, someone they don't know. But in the cases of what's happening right now, it's someone they don't know. That individual turns around and says, I've got your picture. And if you don't send me X amount of dollars, it could be through Bitcoin. It could be even through PayPal, believe it or not. They will share that image with everyone they know. It could be from their classmates to their parents, teachers, principals, absolutely everyone. What happens as a result, the individual now is panicking. They don't know what to do. If you've read the news anytime lately, uh, you will hear the tragedy that occurred in Manitoba probably about a month ago now, the 17-year-old boy. We have to have a conversation with our kids on this topic. I start the conversation grade seven and older when I speak to students in schools and parents in the evening. Sextortion specifically is addressed when I talk to parents, but the conversation of quote-unquote sexting, the fine of sending images that depict nudity, partial nudity that is sexually explicit, starts in my grade seven conversation. I've been told you need to speak to it at a younger age. Uh, if a principal asks me to, I will, but I choose to start in grade seven based on all my, my data. On the topic of sextortion, since the beginning of the pandemic, the number of reports to cybertip.ca have gone through the roof. In fact, in January of this year, they were reporting an average of 55 reports per month. And in May, I believe it was up to 75. Now, that's candle-wide, obviously, and that is still way too much. What they're not accounting for are the reports that go to law enforcement and for the ones that come to me. And I can tell you since the beginning of this year, I've had to assist 16 families just this year alone on this topic. So those numbers don't go. So the numbers that you're getting are from one organization. My point is that the number is actually much, much higher. We just can't quantify what that number is, but it's impacting kids at an alarming rate and specifically <clears throat> young males. Oh, had, I would think it was the other way around, to be honest. No, it's young males that are being victimized uh, in the high percentage. Wow. On the other side, that's a different conversation, um, which we'll talk maybe in another segment. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this particular topic and, you know, all cases that I've dealt with this year alone, everyone a young male. Youngest was 12 years of age. Eldest was 18 years of age. And here's the interesting part. 15 were moms calling on behalf of their boys. And I don't know how you want to process that. I just think that it's amazing that these young boys had the ability 
to speak to their moms, which tells me that in those homes, there were relationships, as we spoke about earlier, where the child in a very awkward, perhaps uncomfortable, perhaps embarrassing situation, had the ability to speak to mom and say, I need help. Mom picked up the phone and said, I'm going to ask for help. So yeah, you know, the situations may have been uncomfortable. They may have been awkward. I don't judge. I listen. I guide. I assist to the best of my ability. <clears throat> but at the end of every one of those conversations, I said, look, we're going to get through this. And as bad as the situation may appear to be, you know, the best part is your child had the ability to speak to you. You had the courage to speak to me or to someone to get help. And that is why we are here right now resolving this matter. For yeah. those children that are fearful of their parents, they fear shame, embarrassment, judgment. They're the ones who get the wrong resolutions. They're the ones that seek out guidance from their peers or from someone that they don't know because they're afraid to ask a teacher, a principal, a police officer, or their parents. And one of my messages to the students in grades 7 to 12 is that Perhaps I might be a bit late in this conversation. And if something's happened, I want you to know that there's help available to you. And I look at all of them and I look at the teachers and I say, teachers, you will reiterate this upon going back into class. I want you to speak out today to a trusted adult. It could be your teacher that you've known for years. It could be your principal. It could, you can walk me out the door and I will guide you as I have many kids before. Your principal can call me after I leave the school. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. But I want you all to remember this. We will not judge you. We will not shame you. We will not embarrass you. We will help you. And that statement has opened up so many kids who were once fearful of saying something to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. It may have been the next day. It could have been immediately afterwards. I've got all kinds of stories from the past 10 years. But the good news is they heard it for the first time knowing that they can because no one's told them that before they feel shame or embarrassment or they yeah. feel like they'll be judged or my mom is a principal my dad is a politician How's this? no no it doesn't matter put all put your last names aside put parents put your last names aside put your positions in your companies aside and remember that your child is the most important thing in the world and that they must know they can come to you and that you will be there to guide them and help them without judgment shame or embarrassment. And this is like what I was saying earlier. It's so important to have those lines of communication open. And so that you can communicate openly and honestly with your kids about the dangers of social media. Um, so they're aware of this stuff before they're approached. Hopefully they are never approached. And number two, God forbid something should happen. They know that they can come and speak to you to, you know, nip it in the bud and like go about it the right way instead of making it worse, bigger, um, and then turning into something that I hate to say it, but can't be fixed. And, you know, on the topic of social media, you should know that the top two platforms that impacts kids the most when it comes to this topic are Snapchat and Instagram. Those are the two platforms where sextortionists specifically target their victims. And one of the reasons, especially with Instagram, is because if they gain access into their account, they can see their followers, which means now 
they know everyone that follows that individual. So when they do threaten them, they, they can, can say, they know hey, who to hit. exactly. Hey, if you don't, I know, oh, you know, Pina, I know Pina, I'll send a copy. Of and that is what triggers that immediate emotional response of OMG, what am I going to do now? And that is why we need to make sure that our kids are aware of the platforms are on. <clears throat> and people are afraid to say this. I'm not. And I'm going to make this very clear. Make sure your child knows that they are never to take a picture of their body and transmit it digitally. Not as a youth, not as an adult, because in the cyber world, it is the one thing you never, ever do because the internet never forgets. And that is why I keep referring to this slide, which is once it's out there, you've lost it. So the first step is the education of, we will never challenge your sexuality. You are allowed to be a sexual being. But when it becomes digital, now it's an issue. So my message, number one, do not take those photos. If I'm too late and it's happened, there is help, but you must speak out and ask for help. The most important thing I can stress to kids is if it's too late, I'm, if I got here too late, there is help. But make sure, parents, you support the message yeah. of you, we will be there for you. It's incredibly important. That is scary, Paul. And you know what? I was not, I thought you were going to say um, Snapchat. And I honestly thought you were going to say TikTok. Uh, I didn't think that you were going to say Instagram, but you have a valid point. Yes, because once, even if it is a closed private account, once that person is in, you can view every single person that they are following and who's following them. Exactly. I, it did not occur to me. Now, just to bring uh, TikTok into the equation, find, okay, remember how tic, uh, TikTok works. A lot of TikTokers have their Instagram bio, sorry, their Instagram linked in their bio. Yeah. So they could actually find the quote unquote victim on TikTok and then link to Instagram. It, it, so there is a connection, but when you look at where it really happens are Snapchat and Instagram. Man, TikTok it is, is a scary. It is so scary. As a parent, you know, um, I've got Samantha, who's 11. I've got Liliana, who's nine. And Marcus is going to be seven soon. And honestly, it scares me. And this is why they don't have the accounts. I'm going to be I, I'm going to be totally honest. It scares the living daylights out of me. And maybe it's because I'm on social media pretty much 24 seven for work. I see a side of it and know and and understand a side of it that a lot of the average parents don't. And it's not to say that they're not educated or anything like that. It's just because this is my world and it's not right. theirs. Right. Right. But then when they do have that opportunity is when the education kicks in. Yeah. And, you know, for example, when they're allowed to have Instagram at 13 and you might push the 14, some parents push the 15 and I don't judge just wait at least until 13 because, yeah. you know, terms of service. Then we're going to have some very simple rules. Everyone following you, you absolutely know as a human being. Mm -hmm. I will approve them. Any message requests that come in, I want to see it. Do not touch it. I want to see it. And then we're going to block that person. We're going to report that person. Because how it happens is they'll find the individual. They'll see the profile picture. They'll identify the age. And then they go through a DM. And the DM leads to allowing the person into their lives. And remember, they're not coming in as the perverted individual they are. They're coming in that's with someone that looks 
their age, that talks their age, that acts their age. They're really, really good at this. They're masters of disguise. And then once they're in and they establish that relationship, they identify perhaps this is an individual whose parents aren't home because they're both working. Maybe they're an only child or maybe they're a younger sibling and the older sibling is always away. And they're always dependent on communication online. Like they look for all the ends. It's so true. Yeah. And they're masters at it. I don't want to compliment them, but they're amazing at what they do. (laughs) They are. And I've got to say to the average person that is not on line like we are, Paul, um, I get DMs all the time and I can spot them from a mile away. I'm like, that's a fake account. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's a fake account. It is not the person that they're showing and portraying through these posts and their pictures um, is, is not the person that is truly behind this account. Right. But to an average user that doesn't know, they can fall for it so easily. So you don't know who's really behind that account. And some of the stuff they say is very, can, can be very enticing to a young person. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, um, I don't want anything from you. Just, uh, just some conversation and I'll send you money. You know what I mean? To someone that's like young, naive, like, Oh, they just want to talk to, they didn't even ask me for pictures. They just want to talk and they're going to send me money. Like, why wouldn't I? Right. Right. It is crazy. Um, just what is out there. And so that's why it's really important that we keep ourselves as adults, okay, as adults safe. So then we can then teach our kids on how to keep themselves safe online and have these conversations with them. Guys, we're going to take a quick break, but we have so much to talk about with Paul Davis, social media and online safety expert and educator. Don't go anywhere. This is AM640 Toronto Radio, and you are tuned into the Parenting Show. Welcome back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday. You are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on AM640 Toronto Radio. We are having a pretty, like, it's interesting and intense and educational conversation with Paul Davis. He's our social media and online safety educator and expert. I like to call him my social media guru. He is the guy I go to for all like social media safety um, and just tidbits of education that then I can um, use for myself and with my kids. So we were talking a little bit about, it was, it's interesting how the conversation went, Paul. We were talking about like keeping our kids safe online mm-hmm. through the summer, things we can do, but then it took a bit of a serious turn and one that is much needed because we really needed to talk about sex torsion and what is going on and how kids as young as 12, like you'd mentioned, have come to you for help dealing with that issue. And, you know, and we just recently, like you said, a month ago, um, it hit the news that there was a 17 year old. Um, where was it? Manitoba? It was Manitoba. Yes. Um, that uh, took his life because of it. So it is pretty crazy. It is intense. And talking about that during the break, Paul, my head went somewhere else. It went somewhere else on articles that I keep on reading about and stuff that keeps popping up for me. Um, And that is OnlyFans. 
I keep seeing articles, um, like literally this past week, I saw two. One was about a Brazilian Olympian. Uh, she's a volleyball player and how she's making tons of money on OnlyFans. Just the other day, I see another article. This nurse um, left her job nursing because she is making like she made like a million dollars in no time on OnlyFans. Not too long ago, there was a young girl. I don't even know if she was 20 years old, was able to purchase a mansion, not a house, a mansion in L.A. Um, in cash with the money that she had made from OnlyFans. And there was this picture of her in her driveway with like two Land Rovers, this beautiful home, all paid out in cash because of this app. So, Paul thoughts not that parents really want to hear this but again education is um key and yeah it's important only fans is a platform it's a subscription-based platform that was created so that it could be you as a creator it could be um an artist whatever your fans will pay you x amount of dollars per month to see private exclusive content only available on the platform called only fans which by the way can be accessed not only through an app but through a browser. Well, OnlyFans is the place and it is known worldwide. And now there are copycats, but we won't get into those where individuals will go and sell pictures of their body, sexual acts. Uh, they will take requests from their clients, their subscribers to perform sexual acts all live on video. You pay a monthly subscription, you pay a quarterly subscription, you can pay a yearly subscription and save money. And some of these individuals, yeah, if you buy the yearly plan, and some of these individuals, like you said, are making boatloads of money. Is that a choice that someone wants to make? Um, we're not going to talk about that. My issue is that the hypersexualization is occurring on platforms called TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat. And so these individuals will be online. Let's say it's, um, let's say it's a, um, a fitness trainer on Instagram and they have a huge following on Instagram and they post every day and the pictures could be a fitness. And every now and again, they will do an Instagram live. And in that Instagram live, you'll notice that there's a bit more of a provocative tone to the delivery and the audience is following it in the Instagram bio is information about themselves along with the link. And a lot of them are very creative in saying, you want more, click on my link in bio. You want to get spicy content, click on my link in bio. Did you know that I'm an accountant part-time? By the way, if you're an accountant online, you sell your body for sex. Oh, is that's, that what it means? That's what it means. Not to take away from the accounting profession, but that's the term on TikTok and Instagram. If you're an accountant, you probably have an OnlyFans and, or you work at a, um, an adult nightclub where... Anyways, so that's the oh. term associated with accounting, just so you know. Thanks, Paul. You learn something new every day. All every right. day. So now the individual looking at the account saying, yeah, I do. So they click on the link. Now, it usually goes to one of those LinkedIn bio platforms. One of the most commonly used ones is Linktree. And in that Linktree, you might see, hey, send me money through PayPal. Here's my wish list on Amazon. But then there's going to be a link to OnlyFans. Now, you click on that link and a notification comes up. You are about to view a website. That is for mature audiences. People click, of course. They now go to OnlyFans, and now you'll get options to subscribe to that private content with a huge disclaimer that this is my content. You can't steal it. You can't download it. I have the rights to it. 
really means nothing because you can buy all that content online for pennies on the dollar. These people don't even know it's happening. But the average person will go on there and say, you know what? I've been following this individual on Instagram for so long. I want to see more. They click on subscribe. They pay through credit card or PayPal or whatever it is. And now they're in. And every day that individual uploads a nude image, a sexual image, a pornographic video, and that audience interacts. And the producer, the creator interacts with their audience. That's one of the key selling features that you're not just paying to see pictures of me. I'm actually going to talk to you. And if you have a request, I'm going to be there to help you out as well and respond to your request. That is the claim to fame to OnlyFans. And if you type it in, you will see article after article after article on it. And uh, parents, it is the it is the one way that does not violate terms of service on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat is by linking your child through suggestive means outside the platform to get to OnlyFans. That is scary. That is scary. And you know what scares me the most, Paul, is that young um, kids, teens, whatever, they see the same news articles that I'm seeing, that people are making so much money and it's effortlessly and they don't they don't know obviously um how many people are making the millions and how many people are making nothing at all they just see the ones making like boatloads and they're like oh wow like so i can maybe just go on there and throw up some provocative pictures i won't put up nudes i won't do pornography um and i'll make money and then i can have all these designer things and that i see these other people getting And I feel like it just like gets in their head. And then Mm -hmm. that's when it's really scary because now you've opened up Pandora's box. Right. And that is what is ingrained in them at a young age as they're subjected to that over and over again. Uh, This is why parents, we talk about communication. We talk about education. And as we all know, knowledge is power. So If we are able to communicate this with our kids, we're able to keep everyone safe. Don't go anywhere. We're talking about online safety with expert Paul Davis right here on The Parenting Show. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday and you are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on AM640 Toronto Radio. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca, and we've got my good friend, Paul Davis, joining us. He is my go-to social media guy. He's my guru. He is a social media and online safety educator. And um, guys, we have been having like some crazy conversations, which honestly, Paul, every time you're on, it gets pretty crazy. But in a good way, because like you are informing us, you are educating us on what is happening in the world of social media that, you know what, a lot of parents probably aren't aware about. Yeah, you know, we can't hide behind um, being naive and saying, I didn't know. We have to start talking about it. And to me, it's always been education is key. And so I'm glad we're doing this again. Thank you. No, thank you. I know that we spoke about um, sextortion. We spoke about OnlyFans. Prior mm-hmm. to that, it was it was a little bit of a lighter conversation with like summer fun and social media <laughs> and how to keep the kids safe and how to divvy up screen time. Um, but one thing before we get into the next point, because yep. I want to talk about um, what did, what was the, the correct terminology? Sharenting. 
Sharenting, that's it. So before we get into that, I just want to say one thing. I've had this conversation with parents all the time when they ask me about social media accounts for my kids. And I told you that I don't have them um, except for one Instagram that I manage for them. Um, but they all say, oh, but my kid loves TikTok. They just go on there. They do their dances and it's a private account. For all you parents listening, this is just penis two cents. Take it if you want. Don't if you don't want. Um, but just know it doesn't matter if that account is locked down or not. And you are approving who their friends are. Remember that when your child is on there scrolling, they're scrolling on something called they have two channels, the people that they follow or the for you page. If they're scrolling through that for you page, this is all content that has been targeted to your child and you do not really have control over what that content is, what they are coming across. So be aware of that because there's a lot of sexual things that are being thrown at your children, things that are not age appropriate. And that also means language and a bunch of other stuff. So there you go. Penis two cents. Now, Paul, yeah. take it away. <laughs> So this summer, we're going to collect a lot of memories, even though at the beginning of the segment, we talked about creating memories that should not be digital, which I encourage you to do. But we are going to create a lot of digital memories. And parents have this habit of sharing everything about their kids' lives online, which I'm not judging, but I'm telling you to be very selective as to what you post and don't overpost. That's why the term sharing came about, which is parents who overshare pictures of their kids. And look, we're proud of them. We love them. We don't have to document their life history online. So when it comes to <clears throat> sharing pictures of our kids, I'm going to give some very specific guidance. Number one, and you may not be comfortable with this, but have you ever sat down with your child and actually asked them if it's okay to share that picture that you took or the pictures you took? Because I surveyed grade four, fives, and sixes in my in-person presentation, and I asked them a question. How many of you believe it would be fair that before your parents posted a picture on their social media that they asked you for permission? Every day, over 75% of kids put up their hands saying, I think that would be fair. So parents, you may think it's okay. Your kids, and listen, grade four, five, six, they do have a say in it because it is their picture. And if you don't have private accounts, that picture could be everlasting out there because remember the internet never forgets. So number one, have a conversation with them. And now let's say they approve and say, mom, dad, you know, that's an amazing picture. Please share it with all of our friends and family around the world. Well, Number two, I hope that your account is private and that those friends and family are real human beings, not people you think you know, kind of know, might know. Now you've got the private account, you're sharing your picture. I'm going to give you one more very important tip. Don't go from your emotions to your fingertips and put a little effort into what I'm about to tell you. Take the picture that you love and take a screenshot of that photo. Do not upload the original photo to any platform in existence. The original photo will have geotagging on it, time, day, location. When you take a screenshot of the photo, there's no geotagging in the screenshot version. You don't want to remove the geotagging off the original photo because that could be a memory for you in 10 years. You could actually take a photo and upload it to a map in 10 years from now, and the map will tell you where that photo was taken. So that could be a wonderful memory. So don't do that. But now you're going to take the screenshot version and you're going to reduce the resolution to under 640 by 480. So let's say 620 by 460 is the optimal resolution you will reduce it to. If you upload a photo 640 by 480 or greater, and you know, if you have the latest and greatest phone, it blows that away. Anyone can download that photo and print out a perfectly crystal clear four by six image anywhere that allows you to print out photos. But if you upload a photo 
that's under 640 by 480 resolution, for example, 620 by 460, anyone who downloads that photo and tries to print it, it will become pixelized. So it's completely useless. But here's the best part. When you post that picture on social media, it looks amazing, perfectly crystal clear to us. So now when you upload that photo, two things, there's no geotagging in the photo and no one can download it and reproduce it. If you're a teacher listening and you have a Twitter account and you upload photos of your kids, it uh, could be at a function at school. I'm not against that, actually, as long as the picture is from a distance and not up close and personal with any identifying markers of the child. But the best part about doing that on your Twitter account for school is that, number one, it's low resolution. Number two, there's no geotag in the photo. So we actually can upload photos without being so paranoid that everyone in the world is going to get them and misuse them. So follow those tips and you can share pictures of your kids this summer. Paul, I had no idea about that. Like, okay, I knew the geotagging stuff, yeah. but it never occurred to me like, yeah, I should do that when I'm posting to Instagram. I knew that when sending a text, like a picture via text or, or you know, something like that, but I didn't know that. That's an amazing tip. Um, and I did not know to bring down the resolution. <clears throat> Paul, you're a genius. This is why oh, I call okay. you my social media guru, Okay. That's why my wife I'm driving me I over the after door the show my... <laughs> to hug you, okay? I'm going to text your wife. I'm going to ring the doorbell, open the door. I need to hug your husband, Paul. <laughs> but Paul, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for the tips, the advice, and most of all, the education and those wise words that us parents need to hear so then we can keep our kids not safe, but also ourselves safe. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Paul, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Well, for your daily updates on parenting tips and tricks, facebook.com forward slash Paul Davis tips, P-A-U-L-D-A-V-I-S-T-I-P-S. Amazing. Guys, go follow. And Paul, what's the website? Socialnetworkingsafety.net. If you'd like me to come to your school or your business. That's what I was just going to say. If you're a teacher listening to principal, you're going to want to contact him and get him into the school to come and talk to the students, but not only the students, but the parents. That is it for us. Have a fantastic Sunday evening, everyone. And we will catch you here next week. Same time, same place. It's the Parenting Show right here on AM640 Toronto Radio. And I'm your host, Kina Crispo of ChicMama.ca.